0: Previously on Myth, Tarot, Love, we examined the Eight of Swords and the Battle of Actium. Today's show will focus on the Nine of Swords and Phobos, the God of Fear.
1: Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, swords, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, Tarot, Love.
0: Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And
1: I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. We're talking about the Nine of Swords today. This looks lovely. Um, so, we're <laughs> nearing the end of our tragedy, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so, with the Nine of Swords, we have a very um, upsetting card for normally when you receive this card. It, It it showcases a lot of upsetting feelings and emotions, and particularly um, the emotion of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes depression.
0: I feel like with the other nines, like things were getting better by the end. Yeah, doesn't seem to be going that way. Not that way with the
1: swords. No, the swords very much is a tragic story. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas with the other ones, by the time you reached the nine, you were kind of reaching this, um, the completion of of the hopes of the ace, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas in the swords, now we're reaching the completion of the, f- the, the cons, if you will, of the, of the ace of swords, right? Mm-hmm. So they, or let's say it's the completion of the warnings of the ace of swords mm-hmm. that, um, striving for great power and glory, um, is not always what it's cracked up to be. Um, and some often does not result in power and glory, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so with the Nine of Swords, um, this isn't so much an action as it is a mental state. Uh, Just describing the card, it has nine swords and they are all pointed towards the right. Oh, so the
0: future. Exactly. Uh. So the swords are all
1: pointed towards the right of the card. And actually their tips are a little bit... um, are a little bit obscured from view, which in my mind says they're actually stabbing something that's in the future.
0: Yeah, it's like they're past the edge.
1: A little bit past the edge. And um, in front of the swords, you have someone who's sitting up in bed, head in their hands, and they look absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, They look like they're really upset about something that's happened in the past or something that's happening in the future. But it's kind of like a paradox because they're in bed. They're in this really peaceful location where they're safe and they could be having a a peaceful night's sleep, but they're unable to do so because of something that's not happening in the present.
0: Yeah, and they're kind of, it almost looks like they're getting stabbed too, which is crazy. A little bit,
1: yeah, it's kind of like three of the swords are going through. One is going through the heart, um, the heart chakra, which is. Um, a connection with others. The other one's going through the throat chakra, which is an inability to communicate. And the third one is actually going through the crown chakra, which is um, a connection with the divine. Um, So if if you remember, we talk about chakras every now and then, but I like to relate, um, whenever I see chakras in a tarot card, I I do like to relate the meaning of those um, energy centers with Uh, with the symbolism on the card as well Mm -hmm. so when i i see a three swords one being stabbed in the in the back or it's not necessarily stabbing them but it's like it's like it it kind of looks like it's going through them that way yeah right um so when i see one through the heart one through the the neck and the other um through the the head and it's kind of interesting the one that's going through the neck the way the head is tilted it's also going through the um the third oh, yeah, eye as well interesting. so there's this inability to see things clearly there's an inability to connect with the divine an inability to communicate effectively and an inability to connect with others and all of this has a lot to do with the theme of not being in the present in this card um looking at the bed there's a few there's a few symbols it kind of looks like there is some sort of drawing of a person sitting down on some grass with someone offering them flowers, perhaps. Um, it's it's very hard to see. It's mm-hmm. kind of like it's it's etched in the wood. Yeah. Um. And I and this to the left of the card, so I personally see this as being some sort of uh, romantic themed story, which often uh, does result in a lot of anxiety <laughs> and a lot of um, past pain and future pain. Yeah. Um. But I think that's more just kind of a suggestion for possible um, possible interpretations, yeah, interpretations or, yeah. just, or where it might come from.
0: I just find it interesting because for the past several cards, all the swords have been standing up. And so it's interesting that it's now To see the swords the going towards the yeah. right.
1: Yeah. Well, they weren't all standing up. In the four of swords, they weren't standing up either. They were also being uh, tilted towards the future as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm also really fascinated by the quilt that is covering the person because there are a ton of astrological symbols all over that quilt. Mm -hmm. And I just, I pick up on those things a lot in general. Um, It also looks like there's a lot of roses all over the quilt. And roses are a flower also that represents love and the heart and um, beauty, those things. And in, in the quilt you have... Uh, symbols for the moon, you have symbols for the sun, Aries, Leo, Mars, I'm seeing um, I'm seeing all of them really here, um, both symbols for planets as well as symbols for astrological symbols, mm-hmm. like astrological signs. Um, so I feel like this is kind of saying something along the lines that this can happen at any time Um, because astrology can be used to keep track of time as well as track of people. So I would also say that uh, this is something that could occur to any person as well. When I look at a quilt that's kind of um, just showcasing all of them without any of them being, it looks like, placed in a certain way.
0: Yeah, and I think too because the bed... Like, this person doesn't... They're not just sleeping on the ground outside somewhere. Like, they Mm -hmm. are...
1: They're tucked in. Yeah, they're
0: tucked in. They're in a bed. Like, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, it doesn't matter kind of what your situation in life is, really, like, that that it can happen to you.
1: The background's also really... It's black. Mm -hmm. So this tells me that it's probably in the middle of the night, right? And I feel like a lot of us can relate to that situation of being up at night and like that insomnia and all of the thoughts that are amplified in the middle of the night. Um, I feel like this has happened to a lot of people before Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, at, at least in some point in your life, you can relate to this moment of being up in the middle of the night and all of the anxiety and also just how it starts um, compounding and you start being afraid that you can't sleep.
0: Mm -hmm. And Uh, you really can't
1: sleep. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like first you're having a difficulty sleeping because of whatever is keeping you awake. And then you start, you know, being upset because you can't sleep. (laughs) Uh, And it just compounds over and over again. And I think this is one of the main reasons why the person's head is actually in their hands. Um, Because it's kind of like they're trying to hold their head up because it's too heavy of all the thoughts. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the, at least that's kind of the gesture that I, I see when a person holds their head in their, in their hands, it's because their head is too full of thoughts. Mm. They're trying to keep it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not literally, but kind of figuratively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, cause you know, thoughts aren't that heavy. They just feel heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So th- what does this card mean? This card means, um, all things, that keep you up at night, really. It show it shows up in a reading in a lot of different locations. Um, most often I've seen this card show up representing a person, um, like mm-hmm. representing the seeker themselves. Oh, okay. um, it's very common for a person to ask the tarot a question about something that is causing this sort of situation for them. Mm. And it's very riddled with emotions. Um, I've had this card show up for a person, and as soon as I describe what it means, the person's burst into tears because it's it it describes their life so accurately, right? Um, and, you know, when you're trapped in this situation night after night, especially if it's recurring, like, insomnia is a huge problem. Mm. And one of the biggest issues about it is that you you feel like you know, every night it's getting worse and worse because you're getting more and more tired and when you're not sleeping right, you're not able to think right yeah. and you're not able to handle these these issues that are keeping you up. And the stress. And the stress just compounds over and over again. So there's a lot of stress being described in this card. Um, it's very future-oriented, but there is markings on the card to suggest it could also be caused by something that's happened in the past. But normally, the person who's suffering from uh, what's being described in the Nine of Swords is, uh, is very future-focused. They're worried about something that's going to happen in the future, and the fear of it is really distorting their perception of how things are. And that's a big theme in this card as well, is that um, the person is unable to actually see their situation clearly because the emotions are so high and so intense they're unable to notice that they're even in a comfortable bed, um, because they're in a lot of pain emotionally, Mm. right? Um, so yeah, this card has a lot to do with anxiety. It has a lot to do with mental health, right? Um, showing, when this card shows up in the past, normally people know exactly what it's referring to. (laughs) Uh, when it shows up in the future, um, That could mean that they're on a path, or like if it shows up in the future as like the answer to a person's question, this could suggest that the person is on a path that will lead to such anxieties, right? Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked a little bit about this in the Ace of Swords. Right In the Ace of Swords, we had that sword, we, we talked about the Dang. story.
0: Yeah, the Sword of Damocles.
1: Yeah, the Sword of Damocles and how it was kind of hanging over him this entire time and it made him unable to appreciate the um, the splendor yeah,
0: of, that, yeah. of his current situation.
1: Mm-hmm. He wasn't able to enjoy the present because he was just so afraid of the sword falling from a hair. And killing him,
0: (laughs) right? Which is a valid fear. (laughs) Valid
1: fear. It was very. It was. It was valid, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. um, It it made it impossible for him to enjoy the present. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's what, what is interesting about this card, I think. And anxiety in general could be like it could be an actual fear of something happening or a perceived fear.
1: Exactly. So, like, just because. Um, fear is distorting your perception. That doesn't mean that your fears are unfounded, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't mean that they're they're not justified. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's and that those are very those are all, that's also a theme of this card is that um, your emotions are justified, but they are being amplified beyond the need. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being amplified beyond usefulness. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if you were to say to get this card for um as an answer card or a future card, would it be helpful to maybe draw another card to say, okay, how, not can I prevent this or what can I do to, like, um
1: sometimes get out
0: or I don't know if that's a question sometimes yeah
1: <laughs> sometimes the person might need a follow up reading, um because that's that's a funny thing about readings is sometimes your first question, gives you insight on how to better ask for your situation Mm -hmm. right like that happens a lot actually is that um you know asking the tarot questions like the tarot really wants to have a conversation with the seeker more than just give them all the answers Mm -hmm. um because some a lot of times the answers aren't really like you should do this and this is your future it's all it's about what are your choices what do you want your future to be yeah so I guess that's
0: why I was thinking like can you ask like if I don't want this to be my future, like how how do I not have this yeah. kind of come to pass?
1: Um, generally, like other cards will help. Okay. In, like for reading, if this card shows up, it normally shows up with another card to explain like where what where it's being caused from. Mm-hmm. Or um, so, like if this card's showing up as your answer card, it's very likely that um, another card in the obstacle or the helper will show up as to explain it a little bit better. And sometimes the conclusion card also really helps to explain the whole reading. Sometimes the reading doesn't make sense until the very last card, and you're like, oh, so this is like my final message, and it just ties everything together. But then sometimes it's the opposite, that everything makes sense until that final message. (laughs) Tarot's really funny that way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I would say normally in a reading, like, nine times out of ten. (laughs) Uh, Nine times out of ten, you'll get get another card that explains this card a little bit better. Um, Because this card by itself is just the emotion. It's just talking about that high stress, high anxiety. And it also tells you, um, if anything, it's telling you that you're perhaps distorting the present um, due to all of these fears and anxieties. Uh, But... So, so you do need to rely a little bit more on the other cards in order to tell you more specifics about it. Um yeah, but it has happened where this card will show up in the future and the person doesn't really know in like how the card relates even with the other cards. So mm-hmm. that gives the per- that will give your your seeker a a better insight on how to better ask a question for the next next one or sometimes all all you really need to do is pull another card like yeah. you said, right? Um, sometime, so I I like to do that if, you know, at the very end of a reading, um, I'll ask, um, I'll ask the seeker if there was anything that was unclear for them. And, uh, if, if there's any cards that need better explanation and we can pull another card, um, on top of it to, to better, um, explain it. If it's a yes or no question, that's not so good for pulling an extra (laughs) card. I suggest other, other means of Mm -hmm. dowsing, like maybe using a pendulum. Um, I haven't really talked about pendulums on the show at all.
0: No, I don't think so. (laughs) Not really.
1: Uh, yeah. So pendulums are another method of dowsing where you have kind of an object on a string. Actually using a necklace tends to be really helpful because it's something personal to the person. So you could have them, uh, you know, you could have yourself or, or your other person, depending on how good, naturally they are not dowsing, generally everyone has kind of that ability to, um, to use a pendulum, especially if it's a question that's personal to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally if the pendulum starts swinging in a clockwise motion, it means yes. And if it swings in a counterclockwise motion, it means no. Um, although some people use the, horizontal back and, forth back and forth or the vertical back yeah, and forth. Yeah,
0: what I tend to do is I will ask the pendulum before I ask the question, What what is yes? And it'll go either in a circle or whatever. And then I say, okay, thank you. What means no? And, and then it'll it do the opposite. opposite. Generally for me, yes would be either like, circular, and then no would be the back and forth or the reversed. Oh. I always forget, which, <laughs> which is, is also why, you, why which I ask, is why you ask every time. time. That's
1: a great um, and then I do suggestion. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great advice there is to have mm-hmm. the pendulum show you a yes and show you a no, yeah. and that way it kind of, like, cleanses it, too, before you've asked mm-hmm. your question, mm-hmm. just in case you forget. That's good. Yeah. Um, so,
0: yeah, typically I'll take, like, maybe, like, my ring or, yeah, like, a, a pendant that I wear often on – Like you said, like on um, a necklace. Yeah, and that kind of
1: dowsing is a lot better for yes and no questions. Like really Mm. simple, quick answers. Yeah. Um, Rather than asking the tarot for a quick yes or no question, you can ask tarot for yes or no.
0: Um, It'll be confusing, and I say that from experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I. the best way to ask the tarot for a yes or no question is to divide out the minor arcana from the major arcana and only use the major arcana cards and... There's actually um, some resources online that say which cards are yes and which cards are no, and we'll we'll link those in our our sure. show for today. I'll yeah,
0: should the show notes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's more work though. <laughs> <to be
1: honest. laughs> it is a lot more work than just using yeah. a necklace. Yeah. Right. Um. So that's why we suggest not to mm-hmm. really ask yes or no questions from the tarot, but. Yeah, so it, if it's necessary, you can definitely do that to better clarify your Nine of Swords. Um, yeah, so this card talks a lot about anxiety and fear and sometimes depression. Definitely insomnia. And it's funny that this is an, this is an archetype that's in the tarot um, because these are very modern concerns. And I say modern, I don't really know when it is that we started really being aware of how universal these, these concerns are, um, obviously they existed in the tarot, so it's been a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. But it seems like we are hearing more and more about anxiety and depression. And at least there's a lot more, um, medical diagnosis, I'm going to say for, for actual conditions and, and mental health. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about therapy in that case. So mm-hmm. if you if you need if you need therapy, sometimes that's the best way to really handle these issues and start seeing things from a more clear perspective. Obviously on this show we are not medical professionals and neither is your tarot practitioner. When you go <laughs> to a when you go to a, a tarot reading, um, you shouldn't be expecting to get therapy from it. It can be therapeutic, mm-hmm. but it's by no means a, like, therapy session, and your, your tarot reader does not replace a therapist. Yes. Right? Um, as much as you might feel like they're connecting with you and giving you um, life advice um, through the tarot archetypes, it's really up to you to decide in the end what to do with the, situ- like, what to do with the advice, um, and sometimes it is best to also seek, professional help as mm-hmm. well, um, if, if that's yeah. if that's where really where you're going and if you really need help to, to deal with some of these issues, right? Yeah,
0: and it can be helpful, too, even if you don't have those issues just beforehand because things come up, and sometimes it's easier to have those, you know, things in your toolbox to be able to say, okay, this is coming up now. What can I do to, to help true. it? That's very
1: true. That's very true. There's a lot of different, like, just having the skills to prepare for a nine of swords type of situation Mm -hmm. can really be helpful. Like this, this card can represent a panic attack, Mm -hmm. right? This card can represent, um, all kinds of issues. Um, like it can represent phobias. And the thing is, you don't really know what it's going to be like until it happens to you. Um, and like, I've, I've, known people who have had a panic attack and they thought they were having a heart attack it felt so physical and they went to the hospital and Mm -hmm. it was like and and, you know there's there's this real stigma thinking that oh it's just a panic attack but it's real Mm -hmm. and it has real physical effects and long-term physical effects if it's untreated
0: Definitely. And it can be different for every person. So just because if you think, oh, I don't have, you know, this, this, and this didn't happen doesn't mean that it's not a panic attack because it can come up very different ways for different people.
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad that there is more awareness about these, like about these mental issues too. Um, But, you know, I I did feel like it's necessary to know that there are lots of help out there. Lots of resources. um, And... You shouldn't be relying solely on tarot for your therapy because they can, they can have your, your tarot reader can have a a conversation with you, um, and talk about, um, suggestions as, you know, given by the tarot, but there are a lot of other tools out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I highly recommend meditation (laughs) for example. Um, but Yeah. Okay, Meditation so... Meditation and breathing. Uh, what, are, what is our story for today?
0: Well, less of a story, more of a person. Well, not even a person. A god. A demigod. No, no. to god. Minor god. That's the word I'm looking for. A minor for. god. A minor god. <laughs> so, today we're going to be talking about um, Phobos. I'm going to say this weirdly. Phobos, uh, who's a god of fear. Greek god of fear. It
1: sounds a lot like phobia. It
0: does, and that's where we get our name. The word phobia...
1: It comes from the, minor comes god, from of the god
0: of fear. So That's phobia, cool. again, is an extreme or irrational fear of or aversion to something. This can be to anything. And it, yeah. Again, it's it's irrational. It doesn't have to, you know, I have a weird thing with puppets, <laughs> for instance.
1: I, I remember you saying that. I was like, but puppets are so cool. Nope.
0: They, <laughs> are, they freak me out. And I know it's irrational. <laughs> I know they're not going to hurt me, but no. Anywho, yeah. <laughs> so Phobus, um, he's actually he's a personification of fear. So we've talked about this with other gods before. Um, that he he can be shown either um, as like a person or um, just again the personification of that thing. Right. Um, so he is a child of Aphrodite and Ares, and the twin. Oh, that's yeah, so weird. Yeah, they have a they have a few kids together. So the
1: child of love and war. war. That's fascinating.
0: fear so, and he actually the twin brother, um, Demos, who is the personification of terror. So, <laughs> so there's they're twins. They're twins. So, so have fear, fear and, terror. and terror. Yeah, nice. Interesting uh, that they make a, a
1: differentiation between those two. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Um, So they're known um, for accompanying their father, Ares, who is the god of war, into battle and driving his chariot and spreading fear in his wake. So just being around people, he will incite this fear in them. Wow. Um,
1: It reminds me of the bogeyman.
0: Kind, yeah. Right? Kind of, yeah. Um, But since his mother was Aphrodite, the goddess of love, um, Phobos and his brother also represented the fear of loss. So that could also be something, I don't know, that the dinosaurs are presenting. Definitely
1: a fear of loss, right? I think that's one of the major issues with anxiety. Like if you didn't have something to lose, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be
0: worried about it. Yep. You wouldn't have that fear. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So Phobos also personified panic and a sudden sensation of fear occurring in individuals or large groups as mass panic or even as individuals. That kind of reminds me of a panic attack right um which is so strong that it prevented reason and logical thought so replacing it with overwhelming feelings of apprehension and frantic agitation so it's again that i i the mass hysteria kind of comes to mind when i thinking about that
1: yeah and you know how fear really can be amplified in groups too exactly where you have like the crowd going mad mm-hmm.
0: um you know
1: Fire and pitchforks. Yep. I'm just thinking <laughs> even, even in
0: war, like, that's not a good thing if all yeah. of a sudden, like, everyone's panicking and with weapons and not not good. <laughs> not good. So this is the effect that this god would have. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he's also, he's typically depicted as a youth and is sometimes has a, either a lion head or a lion mane and features about him. Um,
1: interesting that that's kind of, that's kind of like in strength, it's all about taming the lion. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like in the cart, the, the major arcana card yes. of strength. Right. Um, so that's, that's interesting. It would be like taming that
0: fear, taming that fear. But also, yeah, like again, seeing a lion in person, I would be quite scared. Of course. <laughs> so also kind of that sense of a ferocious animal that, you know, should be feared in person. Yeah. Um, and so Phobos was actually seen like this with these lion features, um, on the shield of Agamemnon and Heracles, huh. uh, which is pretty neat because Heracles is also, um, often associated with the lion and having that lion skin well, we that he often, wears. Well, we often,
1: we often associate lions with courage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So that's, that's very interesting. The I wonder if that fear. has anything to do with Leo. Well... Definitely, because the story of, of Hercules
0: killing the lion, that lion in the sky, is the constellation of Leo. Mm-hmm. The Nemean lion. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Um, so Hesiod, and we've talked about him before, he's an author, Um, actually mentions um this in his description of the shield of Heracles. So he says, In his hands he... Heracles took his shield, all glittering. No one ever broke it with a blow or crushed it. And a wonder it was to see. In the center was Phobos, fear, worked, in adamant, unspeakable, staring backwards with eyes that glowed with fire. His mouth was full of teeth in a white row, fearing and daunting. Ooh.
1: What an image. Right?
0: (laughs) Again, something you would not want to see in battle. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it would definitely, like, paralyze you definitely definitely so this is also um i guess why spartan soldiers would idealize phobos um because he symbolize he also symbolizes this you know sense of discipline and consistency in the armed forces as well okay um like sh- you have to conquer your fears mhm exactly especially yeah. we haven't really talked too much about um the spartan agoge like their educational system but Definitely need to conquer your fears. It's <laughs> a crazy stuff. It's a big part of the yeah Spartans. Oh, mm-hmm. well, we did hear a little bit about a Spart- little bit before yeah Spartan coming
1: of age. <laughs> that was one
0: of their their tasks. Yes, yeah. not to show any. Um, pain, fear. but also, fear, yeah, pain. fear and in, in stealing things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so worshipping Phobos also involved blood sacrifice, um, but this was common, especially before war. This isn't anything really too unusual. Um, the Greeks were very regimented in their preparations for war, and this often involved many sacrifices of the animal variety. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, or for big events, to even competitions, so like the Olympics or the Panathenaia, they would have a large amount of sacrifices throughout.
1: So, uh, it would be an animal that they would sacrifice to Phobos, then? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Not a person. No human sacrifices. No, 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 no. No, Just animals. Well, like,
1: you know, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great, <laughs> it's not but, great but for if the they're going to
0: eat the animal anyways, might as well say a prayer to a god, to Phobos, especially if you're about to go into battle. Be like, hey, help us out.
1: <laughs> okay. Here's yeah.
0: this nice cow that we should probably eat anyways. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, one other, quickly, one other person who used Phobos was actually Alexander the Great. Um, Ah, so... That's cool.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so according to Plutarch, um, Roman author, um, Alexander the Great offered sacrifices to Phobos on the eve of the Battle of Guamilea, I'm going to say that wrong, in, um, probably asking for, for Darius, who he was going to be fighting, to be filled with fear. Um, so this is a... A thought to, um, by some to be part of Alexander's psychological warfare campaign against Darius III. Um, and because of this, actually, Darius fled from the battlefield of this exact battle, um, making Alexander's praying to Phobos seem like it was a successful tactic. Nice. <laughs> so he thought it worked
1: because Darius was afraid and left. It just needs and... to work once and then you'll do it forever. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how, that's how these things work in Mm -hmm. general. Mm
0: -hmm. But this is much later even, so Alexander the Great, uh, three, late 330s, early 320s, like, so much later than even Hesiod, like, 400 years later. Yeah. Right? So.
1: It seems like fear was often viewed as something to bestow upon your enemies, like something Mm -hmm. to curse your enemies with, rather than something that they acknowledged as themselves experiencing
0: yeah and i think that can be also why not why but again the the idea that this is a god that it's something outside of themselves that can be put onto them that it's not something that kind of comes from within it do you you yeah
1: that's interesting okay so um if i can paraphrase it's fear is something that like the uh ancient greeks believed wasn't really part of themselves. It was like an like, outside
0: force. Yeah, that yeah, they
1: weren't themselves ever afraid. It was this Unless it was God. Them. Yeah. It was this God who was like possessing them.
0: Kind of. Like, I think possessing is a stronger word than I would use, but sure.
1: Okay, so maybe not possessing them, but influencing them yeah. to have this emotion yeah. and that the emotion wasn't actually theirs. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I wonder when it changed.
0: <laughs> that I don't know.
1: <laughs> when did our emotions become uh, our way of defining ourselves? Oh, goodness, yeah. I, that's I that's the you. deep question. Mm-hmm. If you guys have any comments, <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated. Because,
0: yes, uh, yeah, the Romans also had their gods of fear and same thing. So, ask me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and
1: dear listeners, do you use emotions to define yourself? Is that, is that your your way of seeing yourself? So that's my question for for okay. you. you <laughs> well Yeah. Uh well we're actually we're pretty much out of time. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. It was good 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 episode.
0: <laughs> good anxiety and good fearful talk.
1: <laughs> um yeah, if you are suffering from anxiety, it's a really com it's a very common thing to be suffering from, it seems these days. Mm-hmm. Um I I Googled it and it said that there were like six types of anxiety disorders, some caused from things in the past, some caused, like, like, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder, or um, perhaps social phobias, um, obsessive-compulsive disorder, all of these are different kinds of anxiety disorders. Um, yeah, so if you're suffering from anxiety, there, there is help out there, and you shouldn't feel like it is wrong to seek it. Because it's definitely something that a lot of people suffer from, and you can't always deal with it by yourself. And it can be fixed. It can, or not, a, or at least handled. You can ha- you can get some tools mm-hmm. to to better handle it. Yes. Yeah, it can. It can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Um,
0: well, thank you, as always, so much for listening. We appreciate all of you so so much. Um, usual places you can reach us on our Facebook group, Instagram, email, all is good, all is welcome. Um, we're on Patreon if you'd like to become a subscriber, very easy to do. Um, but yeah, everything, we're just at Love, and as always, I'll put those on the show notes. That's
1: right. So, if the Knight of Swords is showing up for you, um, basically, if there's any problems out there that you're aggravating with your anxiety... The first, Your first job is to uh, recognize which ones aren't real, and then actually look at the problems that are real. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our words of wisdom actually come from Lao Tzu today, instead of the American Tarot Association. If you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. Mm-hmm. about stories, swords, and symbols, and all of the above,
0: myth, tarot, love.